2: Welcome to another thrill packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. And today I'm especially pleased to have as our guest Pastor Tim Thompson. He's been on the show before, he's spoken to our group before. And Pastor Tim does not just, you know, on Sundays, maybe Wednesday night, preach. The Word of God, and actually the actual Word of God as set forth in the Bible, not the more liberal, soft-on-the-edges versions of things that many pastors are doing, but he's also strong in trying to encourage his uh, parishioners and members of his church to, as we just said, fulfill their obligations of that most important political office, that of the private citizen. And always pleased to have you either speaking in our group or on the show. And by the way, I just learned that you are also a radio host.
1: Uh, Yes, we're on AM 590, The Answer, uh, every Sunday morning at 930.
2: Yeah, I just hate to see a good past to go bad like that.
1: (laughs) Well, we (laughs) we love the audience at AM 590.
2: So um, what brought... We're prompted the invitation this week as I read a press release uh, that you had issued earlier in the week about uh, things that were going on at Temecula Valley Hospital and treatment or mistreatment of COVID patients who are also members of your church. And that, cause that dovetailed with what I've, other information I've been receiving about what's happening in hospitals around the country. So let's start our conversation there. What was going on at Temecula Valley Hospital that prompted you to uh, get involved.
1: Well, you know, we, we look at everything that's happened over the last couple of years. Uh, our church had been wide open. You know, we, we did wide open, no social distance, no masks, no nothing like that. And we actually went for all, almost two years without having anybody get sick to the point of death. Um, and It was just over the last... Couple of months where we we actually had two people from our congregation pass away from COVID, and you know after going almost two years with having nobody die from that, we were pretty pretty surprised to hear that this is this was happening that we had people that were actually hospitalized because of this. So uh, the the first case when when the person was hospitalized, we ended up obviously as a church, we ended up going to the hospital. We wanted to pray. Over uh, the woman who was in the hospital, pray with her family and just be there. You know, and that's kind of what the church does. We're there for one another when when something bad happens. So we showed up at the hospital, and you know, as a pastor, i I've made the decision I don't want the vaccine, and um, so showing up there, um, they wanted a uh, negative COVID test, they wanted uh, proof of vaccination, they weren't going to let me in to go and minister to the family. Uh, without those things. So um I've just like I said, I've chosen not to do that. So we, we had a, a pretty large gathering of people outside. And when I say large, I am talking anywhere from you know at any given point we had anywhere from uh, ten people all the way up to a hundred people. And just uh wanting to be there for the family. Well as that was going on, uh we were we were treated very poorly by the the hospital staff we had uh, we had a person come out with a, a box of masks, offering us masks and telling us as we're there, pray, praying to Jesus, singing songs of worship to Jesus. They were handing us trying to hand us a mask saying, this is what will save you. Jesus won't save you. Mm-hmm. You know, having a hospital staff member tell a group of Christians something like that, it was so highly offensive. And and we live in a time when, you know, everybody's so offended and it's terrible to, to be offensive, but it's okay to offend a Christian. And that just drives me nuts because this nation was founded on Judeo-Christian values. We are who we are as a nation because of our faith. And, and it really bugged me to have somebody hand try to hand a mask and say, this is what's going to save you, Jesus won't. So we, that's just the tip of the iceberg, though. We, we experienced all sorts of bad stuff when we were there
2: yeah i read I watched the video that accompanied your accompanied your press release, and uh, even in the even in the hospital when uh, the woman's son and her 40-year husband says you're, you're, this, she's going to die in three days, and he becomes upset with that idea with, with that prospect and wants to pray, and other people other patients in the hospital jo- jo- wanted to join in, and they take a dim view
1: of that. Right, right, yeah, I mean, they were putting them down for wanting to pray and discouraging them from praying there at the at the hospital, telling them to just go home and do that that really the hospital wasn't a place for for that, so um and it's you know, you think about this man who you know you said married forty years, he also served as a United States Marine. He was a drill instructor for the Marine Corps is a man who served honorably our, our nation. And then to have him treated that way in a hospital as his wife is passing was terrible. Not to mention the fact that they wanted, um, they wanted certain treatments and they were denied those treatments. In fact, they were belittled for even asking one, one treatment in particular remdesivir, which, you know, I, I, I understand there's a lot of controversy over all of these issues, but, um, to belittle somebody for asking for it. You know, this is a, a, a medicine that the, the scientists who developed it won a Nobel Prize for developing this medication, you know, and, and in, for use in humans. And yet when they asked about these treatments, they said, well, that's for horses. Why would you ask us to give that to your wife?
2: Oh, maybe because studies show it works and it's been used on humans for decades safely and effectively for without, you know, Maybe that's why we would want you to try it, even when and I read the back to the video, is she's going to die. All right, then why wouldn't you why wouldn't you let her try something else? So it's not like, well, right. we have a good course of treatment here and we recommend this is the course of treatment. No. Is our course of treatment is not gonna work. We've just told you that.
1: Right. And and right. you can't yeah. try yeah. anything else. Right. I mean, you know she was in the hospital 11 days it was the the last day that she was there that they finally gave in and and let them uh administer the uh, ivermectin to to this woman and you know and that's kind of the attitude is, we'll see it doesn't work well it doesn't work when you wait you know, eleven days with somebody being in a cult in a coma. You know that then it's not going to work. It's it's we've heard this over and over again. And it's early onset when you're at the early onset. You start giving the person this, and, and it tends to work. But you, you look at that. It's what is a course of uh, ivermectin is about twenty bucks, and a course of remdesivir is three thousand. Hmm. I guess if I was trying to make money, I I would want the the remdesivir too. If I was running the hospital.
2: Well, and also from, from the get-go to from the get-go of this uh coronavirus situation, the COVID situation, is they would pay the hospitals more if you have a diagnosis of COVID than anything else. And if you use an uh what's the I'm I'm drawing a blank on the with the incubator. Not an incubator, but a when they put the breathing tube in. Oh the respirator? Respirator. And right. You get even more money if that, notwithstanding the fact that those are almost always into the the per- patient dies with that. And I've been reading right. around the country. Uh, it's why this, this, your press release so, uh, is all across the country. This has been happening in hospitals, and, and family members have been desperate trying to either get their family member out of the hospital, and they're being held captive in the hospital, or get the hospital to, okay, we want you to try this. Patient wants you to try this. Our, it's my life, my body. You know, my body, my choice. We hear from uh, right. our our political opponents, and so I've I've heard this ac- across the country, and then hear it was happening right here. And sometimes they go, they go to court. Sometimes the judge says, yes, you have to let them either take the patient out or administer the drug. And other times the courts have said, nope, too bad. We're going to side with the hospital, and you know, if your, if your family member dies, oh well.
1: Right. That's kind of been the attitude that, that people have taken. And and there's an article that came out recently um, from a doctor in Florida that that told the truth. And I know that this is the truth because I've heard uh, multiple firsthand accounts of this, that uh, people are starting to sneak ivermectin into the hospital and give it to their parents or their, their loved one, whoever's in the hospital. They're sneaking it in and give it to them anyways, because. They they want to try whatever they can try to help their loved one. It's a sad state of affairs when people are sneaking treatments into a hospital.
2: There is, and I know that two of our two of my friends who are fellow fellow patriots involved in in, in our movement to try to save our freedom and country. Say, if, you, if you have COVID, don't take your pa- don't take your family member to the hospital. And there was this past week there was a hearing before Senator Ron Johnson and they brought in people that uh, were maybe dissidents in the medical profession, but very qualified people. And here's what um, one particular doctor had to say.
3: Uh, Now it's people are terrified to go to the hospital. So I've become the emergency room. (laughs) I'm giving high dose IV steroids. I'm giving, you know, 25 grams of IV vitamin C, but I am keeping people out of the hospital and I've kept over 2,000 people out of the hospital. And if you look at current statistics, 20 of those people should be dead, and they're not. So um, I, I see a lot of high-risk patients. I, you know, I don't know if you saw my press conference, but I had um, you know, a woman in her late 60s, diabetic, not taking her medications, came to me with an oxygen saturation of 82%. And she came to my clinic three days in a row. She got IV steroids. I gave her 80 milligrams of solumedrol based on the FLCC protocol. Thank you. Uh, I gave her two grams of vitamin C. I gave her a slew of medications. I, I threw the kitchen sink at her because she refused to go to the hospital. And in prior times, I would say, you, you need to go to the hospital, but she refused. Um, but now she's alive and doing wonderfully. And, you know, there's, it's just sickening how many patients did not receive that kind of care And the turning point for me when I really got angry was a patient that his wife reached out to me. He's trapped in the ICU, father of six, sheriff's deputy, (sighs) refused to give anything. But, you know, these these hospitals give them low-dose steroids. They give them six milligrams of dexamethasone, you know, three times a day. A lot of these hospitals won't even give breathing treatments. It's ridiculous. They won't give them the vitamins. I mean... And so, basically, she called me in desperation, and I testified. She sued the hospital to try to get her husband the medications he needed. I testified we won. The hospital refused to grant me privileges, even though I have a spotless record. And I was furious. <laughs> That's when it all changed for me, and I became, you know, I became thrust into the public because of Methodist Hospital. But... Um, it's just, you know, we. I've seen a lot, and I'm angry, and I'm exhausted. I mean, I have one hospital I can send patients to that I feel safe to. I have one one doctor, Dr. Joe Varone, who I trust that I'll send my patients to, out of an enormous city, and I'm exhausted. I can't find any doctors to help me. Um, it's it's a huge problem.
2: And then she closes out, but we're doing a commercial break. I was, just this week I was, uh, had a telephone conference with a expert witness in one of my cases. After we discussed our case, Talk about other things. And talking about, you know, that he had not been, he had not been vaxxed and whether that was going to be a problem when he testified in court. No, actually, it wouldn't be. You have to wear a mask, but you don't have to be, at least presently, you don't have to be vaxxed to, to get it, to get into court. And he was talking about you know, that he had had a blood clot a few years back and his doctors would, they wouldn't say it out loud, they wouldn't say it publicly, but behind closed doors, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing if you were not, if you didn't get the vaccine. Well, but officially... Yes, get the, va- get the vaccine, get the vaccine. Then he said his doctors told him, whatever you do, if you get COVID, don't go in to the hospital. And that's the state of things that we fall into.
1: Yeah, I hear the same thing over and over again. And I'm talking to, to doctors left and right, and they're all telling me the same exact thing. If you're sick, don't go to the hospital. And, and I can't believe we're at a time in America Where that is the advice given to me By multiple doctors Don't go to the hospital And the, the doctor that you just played That clip, you know, notice what she says. She says, I have one hospital I can trust And that was the issue with Temecula Valley Hospital Is it has become known Its, it's reputation now is If you want your loved one to die Take them to Temecula Valley Hospital That is the place where once they check It's like Hotel California You know, you, you check in but you can't check out
2: We're going to take a break here, but we're going to expand on this discussion after the break, after this word from Ed Hoffman of
4: Planet Home Lending, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman from Planet Home Lending and host of the main event, heard weekends right here on AM590, The Answer. If you'd like to own a home and you need financing, or you'd like to refinance a home you already own, whether that's in California or one of these escape from California states, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Ohio, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, or Montana, I'm the guy you want to talk to. Or if you'd like to inquire into one of the most liberating financing tools for seniors, a reverse mortgage, you want to talk to someone who will guide you towards decisions based on your best interest, not theirs. Call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. My team and I will lead you to the best decision for you based on your short-term and your long-term goals. Again, for more information, call me at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo.
0: AM 590,
2: the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My guest this week is Pastor Tim Thompson, I think in my initial intro, I did not mention the name of your church, the 412 Church in Marietta, and that's one of the churches that been very, well, the religion overall and church attendance has been declining. You're one of the, you're the exception to that rule, and you've had growing attendance. I think you have, what, five services every Sunday?
1: Uh, we're at four right now, four? Okay. And, uh, yeah, four, and then we have a service on, on Wednesday for our watch. Um, so yeah, we, and we've grown 500% in the last year and a half.
2: And our watch is an online program that tries to apply the. And I've watched and I actually have attended some of the uh, some of the sessions. Is that it tries to apply what we, we learn on Sunday, what we learn our biblical principles into real life, and in particular our role as
1: citizens right we're trying to get back to how how things were when this nation was founded you you go to uh you go back east you take a look at the roads there the roads lead out from one central location like spokes on a wheel uh that central location was the church the church was the public square it was the place where people went to go and discuss the the things that were happening in their their community uh you know, they, that was the place where they trusted the information and we live in a time right now where you look at all the censorship going on and and uh, everybody's trying to shut down the conservative voice well I'm trying to find a way to make sure that that conservative voice uh, continues to ring out loud and make it you know the church a place again where people can go for public discourse and
2: uh, you can find here if you search for uh, our watch you can find his uh, you find his broad online broadcast and they are very good We were talking in our first segment about what's happening in the hospitals and how they're whether it's for politics or whether it's for money or both. They are mistreating patients and allowing them to die unnecessarily and being rather and being very callous and cold and cruel to the families. Don't pray here. Too bad. You know, we did everything. You told in the video that uh, after the one had died and the husband, the longtime wife had died. is like, just instead of saying, you know, I'm very sorry for your loss, sir. You know, we, we did everything we could. It was, she, the doctor gets in his face and argues and is just really nasty to the guy. Right. And it's exemplary, I think, of our times is that all, essentially all of our institutions – that we formally trusted, whether it's the FBI or even government health agencies and now the military. Of course, I mean, politicians have always been a little sketchy. But institutions that we trusted have been corrupted and politicized. And one of the really sad, never mind, in addition to the loss of life and and not only from the disease, but from trying to combat the disease. But the corruption... Of the medical establishment and profession with COVID, has I mean it, that, that corruption must have preexisted. It didn't all just develop in the last two years. But you can't tr- you can you can't trust the hospital anymore. You can't trust your doctor to necessarily. I mean, some doctors you can, but you can't trust your, You can't trust any of these people to give you advice based on what's best for your health. And there's something wrong. There's right. something really I think, emblematic in the whole society when that happens.
1: Right. Yeah. And you there was another woman uh, on the, the press release, the video I put out on the, the press release on. And this woman talks about her, her mother. And you know, we've talked a lot. I mean, at our church, we're very prepared. Uh, we if we, you want, we can talk about the covid preparedness response team. That's the CPR team we developed. But we prepare people. We make sure that they know how to get the ivermectin, how to do the things that they need to do to be prepared should not should when they get COVID. We're all going to get it. This is just kind of how it is. You know, it's like cold and fluid just spreads and people get it. Well, you want to be prepared for that. And so her her mom's in the hospital. She asked them right away about uh, ivermectin and they said they couldn't give it to the mother. And she said, well, why not? And the the doctor or nurse that she asked, Did't know I, I don't know let me let me find out, and then they go and they're they're down the hall, hey, why can't we do this and 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 he comes back and says, "You know it's just politics that's that's where we're at um whether or not a person can have a treatment that works is is political. And it's maddening to me, because this is what's happening in our culture. We are politicizing every issue you can think of. And this is why the church needs to be engaging in these issues. Pastors step back and go, I don't get involved in that. It's politics. Well, life, marriage, sexuality, borders, these things really are not political. They're biblical. God, God's the one who set up sexuality. God's the one who, who designed the genders. God's the one who establishes borders. God's the one that does these things. So they're biblical issues. They're not political issues. And pastors need to start engaging. And the, the, the more we see pastors disengage from these things, the more you see the radical left start to politicize additional issues. Now it's, now it's a political issue of whether or not we can save this person's life. It, it's a travesty in America.
2: Also, just this past week, and one of the is not cheap. Part of the problem with ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine is there was no money to be made. These are these are old drugs; they're long off patent. They're you know twenty-five cents, ten cents, whatever they are a pill. There's no there's there's there is very little money to be made in that. And I th- and I think that it was also there's no political mileage to be gained if there's a cheap and effective drug. Available. Imagine how imagine how things would have proceeded if, when this disease emerged in the spring of 2020, is oh here we we have two we have two drugs if given early on are cheap and effective and will vastly reduce the uh, the, the how, how sick people get and how many people die. And that w- and the people who are making the decisions to deny those drugs it would not have served their political interests. Again, this level of corruption of what you even think, at least the, the medical profession. At least that would be above political corruption. And we've seen that it's not. And I think there's a, just... Uh, I'm, a, can a nation survive? We'll, maybe we'll talk about this more in the show. We only have a couple of minutes left here. Is, can a nation survive based on lack of trust and correspondingly based on lies instead of the truth? And I'm not sure that... It can.
1: I'm not sure either.
2: So anyways, I think I was... I was I diverted from my point. The point was in this in this last week, the Brandon administration cut off and the FDA chain, they've been allowing the use of monoclonal antibodies, which is not a cheap drug, but at least effective. And they have now revoked permission to use monoclonal antibodies and deliberately consciously intentionally choosing to let people die unnecessarily for political and economic ends and that's the and that that is evil but that is the nature of the people who control our government
1: right and you, you know think about what's going on right here in our our home state california if we see this type of corruption happening then you have bills like uh, AB uh, 1400, 1400, um, to you know, turn all of our health care into a state-run healthcare. That's just going to fuel their ability to corrupt it even more. We, and these things need to be stood against.
2: Yes. I mean, what could possibly go wrong with letting the people who um, paid out $32 billion in fraudulent unemployment insurance claims control our healthcare system? What could possibly right. go wrong? Right. Right, We're out of time for this half, but uh, stay tuned. I think hopefully I haven't uh, offended the pastor or going to scare him off. I think he'll be with us for the second half, and we will dive into more, hopefully, I think, very interesting issues. Back after this.
4: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman from Planet Home Landing and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM 590, The Answer. If you'd like to own a home and you need financing, or you'd like to refinance a home you already own, whether that's in California or one of these Escape from California states, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Arkansas, tennessee georgia florida ohio oregon washington idaho or montana i'm the guy you want to talk to or if you'd like to inquire into the one of the most liberating financing tools for seniors a reverse mortgage you want to talk to someone who will guide you towards decisions based on your best interest not theirs call me toll free at 855-640-2020 that's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the planet home lending logo My team and I will lead you to the best decision for you based on your short-term and your long-term goals. Again, for more information, call me at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo.
5: Mention AM 590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM
2: 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Uh, that's our model of the show, and that's a quote from Justice Brandeis. Uh, But maybe it's not, maybe it's, maybe there's at least uh, another political office that is at least equally important, and that is the pastor. Because where do the private citizens get their basic moral foundation and view of the world from which to base their decisions as in private citizenship? And I think that... Equally, at least equally, the pastors and the private citizens have not been living up to the obligations of their uh, of their offices.
1: Right. They haven't been.
2: So uh, you talk to your pa- – I mean, you, we mentioned a little bit in the first half that, well, it's political. I don't get involved. I don't get involved. But that's certainly not been – the, the history of the, of the, of the pulpit, of, of pastors. They have gotten involved in all sorts of causes, for, including elimination of slavery, including eliminating the uh, Jim Crow and the legally sanctioned discrimination imposed by the Democrat Party, by the way, in the Civil Rights Act. I mean, the Civil Rights laws passed in the 1960s. So and depending on the cause, you know, there's been full support, and there's been a lot of support among the clergy for getting involved in political causes, but just now things like, well, let's defend the institution of marriage. let's not have our children taught exact one hundred and eighty degrees opposite of what the Bible says about uh, the proper method uh, not the method but the of human sexuality of of when that is appropriate and when it is not appropriate. So, but, that now the, but now the church wants to, okay, well, we're, we're just not going to get involved in that, or we're going to confuse children into thinking they can switch their genders, or they can. there are more than two genders. Now, after all the time of life on earth, there are now more than two genders. We just discovered some more.
1: Right. After all this time, who knew there could be an infinite number of genders? Right. You know, the, we look at what's happened just in our lifetime. We've watched... The pastors shrink back after the Johnson Amendment. Pastors have hid behind the Johnson Amendment. They won't come out and talk about these these issues because they've been tricked into believing that they're not allowed to talk about these things. Then you look at Martin Luther King, Jr., who who said and I want to I want to quote him because I think it's important for us to know um, where we're headed this is what martin luther king jr said he said the church must be reminded that it is not the master or the servant of the state but rather the conscience of the state it must be the guide and the critic of the state and never its tool if the church does not recapture its prophetic zeal it will become an irrelevant social club without moral or spiritual authority yep how telling I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. couldn't have said it better.
2: He also said, some things are right and some things are wrong, no matter if everybody is doing the contrary. Some things in this universe are absolute. The God of the universe has made it so. And so long as we adopt this relative attitude toward right and wrong, we're, we are revolting against the very laws of God himself. Right. Right and there's there's almost a schism i think in the, in the church or maybe even approaching the uh, catholic protestant schism of the reformation is between most uh, between the church that the word of god is in the bible from beginning to end and that is what we that is what we preach that god is right and we our obligation is to do our best to conform to what God wants us to do. We're all going to fall short, but we want that's that's the that's the goal. Versus now it's kind of this uh social club, you know, va- you know, let's, we'll get, we'll gather, we'll sing, we'll sing a few songs, listen to some nice sounding words, uh, you know, uh God just, God just loves everybody. Everybody's okay. Your lifestyle's okay. And that's where I think that there's there's a huge schism between your church and my and uh, Pastor Kevin's Ark Church of the Nazarene and and others versus this kind of new kind of a new age, very soft, everything is kind of okay version of Christianity.
1: Yeah, the woke church. Yes. Yeah, the woke church. You know, and and we're watching, we're watching that happen all around where, where the, you know, the whole woke movement has moved into the church. The church is supposed to be two things. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. And Salt is a preservative. Salt stings a little bit, you know, but it kills off the germs. We're supposed to preserve our, our communities and light reveals the wickedness and the darkness. And the church has forgotten that. And this woke ideology has, brought, you know, found its way into the church. Uh, pastors have bought into it. Many pastors have, and, um, they, they have veered away from what you were talking about earlier is the inerrancy and the infallibility of scripture. They're, they're allowing the culture to change the message at church, and that should never be. And this is the problem when, when, when sin is accepted in the church and nobody wants to say that anybody's wrong because fear of offending somebody, you end up with a situation we're in right now where pastors are not, they're not speaking truth.
2: Well, I mean, I'm sure you do. And, and uh, probably most people know, was one of the most famous stories of Jesus's life is when he saves the woman from being stoned to death for adultery. And a lot of people stop at the first half, is when Jesus tells the mob of would-be executioners that he, without sin, cast the first stone. And I understand that. But they they don't go on to what he told the woman, which was not, you know, hey, bada-bing, bada-boom. It was not, let's go have an adultery pride parade. He tells right. the woman, go and sin no more. And a lot of like in a lot of churches that go and sin no more is missing.
1: Yeah, that's the forgotten part of it. You know, the, the God, God accepts everyone. And I say this every Sunday when I preach. I say, God accepts you just as you are. But I don't end there because that's where a lot of churches end. He accepts you, so everything's acceptable. But the thing is, he'll never leave you the way he finds you he accepts you as you are but he's going to do a work of transformation in your life because the a part of giving your life over to Christ is turning it's called repentance you turn from the way you're living and you turn yourself back to a holy god and now he gets to be not just the savior of your life but the lord of your life he gets to tell you what to do
2: yeah so it's not just yes i believe i accept jesus christ but that needs if you really do that needs that will be reflected in how you live
1: right Right. And like I said, you know, pastors are so afraid of offending people and they, you know, they just want to be viewed as nice. Um, I'm not one of those pastors. I don't care if people think I'm nice or not. I I just want to love people. And to me, uh, the, the kindest, most loving thing I can do is just tell people the truth. And I I get that from Jesus himself. You know, another woman that Jesus interacted with was a woman at the well. And I, I say this oftentimes I'll say, Jesus wasn't a nice person and people, Oh my gosh, what do you mean? Well, Jesus walked up to a woman at the well and said, go get me your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. He goes, you're right. You've had five. And the man you're living with right now is not your husband. Now, imagine a man calling a woman out on that today. I mean, what they would say, what a jerk. I can't believe you did that. You're, you're not a nice person. You know, but the thing is, she ended up having her life radically transformed. She went and told the entire community, you got to come and hear this man who told me everything I ever did. And what that tells us is Jesus didn't end at, yeah, you're right, you've had five and the man you're living with now is not your husband. He went on to tell her everything she ever did, but her life was transformed. Her life was forever changed because somebody was bold enough to speak truth into her life. And I think we need to get back to that where people will speak truth. You look at the like you were saying, you know, that we teach our kids now that there's an infinite number of genders. What a cruel thing to do. There are people who truly suffer from gender dysphoria. Why are we playing into this? If somebody has anorexia, you wouldn't say, "Well, if that's the way you perceive yourself, well, then that's you." You know, you're right. Stop eating. Go no, the most loving to that. thing to do, right? The most loving thing to do is buy that person a cheeseburger. You know, that's like you are not fat. You know what I mean? So why are we doing that with this whole transgender movement? It's cruel. If somebody's truly suffering from that. To, to just play into the delusion
2: and these are i mean these are, these are children i mean they're, and they're even going with this transgender stuff all the way into uh elementary school children but even as a teenager you know that's you're, that's a time of life when you're not yet ready i mean the brain is still developing you're not ready to make life-altering decisions you can't you know you uh, a, a someone a a minor could not go get a tattoo right Because without parental consent. And now oh yeah you yeah, know sure. You want it, you want it, you want to cut off your private parts, you want to cut off your brush, you want to take cross sex hormones that will permanently sterilize you? As a te- you're going to make that decision as a 15-year-old? Again, it's evil. It is right. people that the people that are doing this whether out of politics and or money, because there's a lot of money to be made in this transgender. Right. It's
1: evil. Yeah, you and, end up with a patient for life.
0: Yeah,
2: it is. I just don't, I mean, there's always been evil in the world. There's always been evil people in the world, and that's certainly true. But, it's, but to, see the, to see the supposedly responsible people, the medical profession, would be part of doing this that was okay, as a 15-year-old, you want cross-sex hormones, I'm going to give it to you, understanding that, that, that you're going to be sterilized for life. You're going to make that decision at age 15. And there's something, and like what we talked about with the COVID treatment, there's something wrong with going, going really badly wrong with our country, our civilization, our society, when medical professionals are willing to do that. And maybe it's, it's the absence of religion. I mean, I, it's hard to think that someone who is a believing, practicing Christian doctor would do that.
1: Right. And especially by cutting the parent out, we see that is a massive part of the agenda is to separate a parent from their children, to to in, you know, embolden children to to believe they have a right above their parents. And that's what's happening with the with the covid shots. You know, they're they're trying to tell the kids you can get them at school without your parents, knowledge or consent all over the state of California. Now, um, Children's Hospital is trying to put Well, what they call wellness centers on campuses where kids can get the transgender therapy, no parental knowledge, no parental consent. It it is systematically trying to dismantle the family unit. And that's a whole tool of Marxism. That that's part of what they do. They want to replace the parent with the state. They want to replace religion with the state to where, you know, the person believes that they can depend upon the government instead of depending upon God and depending upon their family, now the government takes that role. And that, so it's a tool of Marxism, and we're seeing it play out in our state and in our nation. Yeah,
2: Let's take a pause here, and then we'll come back and resume our discussion with Pastor Tim Thompson after this word from All-Star Collision. The place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this.
5: Mention AM 590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar All Star Collision, the Kings of Wreck and Roll. 951 279 9161.
0: AM 590, the answer.
2: Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And we're talking to someone who probably holds at least as equally an important political office, Pastor Tim Thompson of the 412 Myriad of Church. And he also does a Wednesday night broadcast called Our Watch, discussing uh, cultural and political issues and how to apply biblical principles to them. He also is now a radio host on this station on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. The show is again called Our Watch, and uh, be sure to check out those things as well. And if you're in the uh, Temecula area, check out his church. I've been there. It's a little far for me to drive on a regular basis, but is he's excellent at, at everything he does. There's another story this week that I think is also kind of ominous in terms of the future of the country and freedom and and religion is that uh, Pastor MacArthur in uh, in L.A., and he. he had a famous case in which he was. They tried to shut down his church, and he was successful in resisting that and having the constitutional right to actually have free exercise of religion. Who would have thought? So he, his, he gave a, he gave he gave it in his sermon. He says really controversial things like "there's no such thing as transgender. You're either an XX or XY. That's it. God made man. God made man, male and female. That is genetically." Determined, and it is physi- physiologically that is science, that is reality. People that tell us, "Trust the science." Are somehow the ones that tell us not to uh, that, there, that there are more than two genders? And he goes on, and I won't rep- the rest of his sermon. But YouTube censored that, and that is a very ominous trend. And I think you you're, you've experienced that as well, uh, Tim. Is that? It's not just the government these days that tries to restrict our freedom, but it's the government working with these private sector companies. Whether it's uh, big damn tech companies to censor, and they've actually the the government, uh, Brandon himself, has called for more censorship, but also banks. As you know, if you have you're politically opposed to the regime, uh, you may lose your ability to have a bank account. And what's, what's coming next is and I think you're going to see more of this is that if you're preaching the word of God, as it says in the Bible, you may not be able to have an online account at or on social media or on the Internet. You may not be able to have a bank account. May you not be able to have a lease or get a loan from a bank to buy a building for a church. And so it, it's a concerted effort to try to uh, restrict our freedoms.
1: Right. Yeah. And I I've talked to a lot of pastors who are preaching the truth, uh, you know, fr- friends of mine, Pastor Rob McCoy, Pastor Jack Hibbs, you know, um, Pastor Jurgen down in San Diego. I mean, you talk to, to pastors who are teaching the truth and there is a very clear uh, concern that all of us have, and that is the censorship that's taking place. We're all trying to find ways to get around it. Um, we, we find different ways of speaking. So that way the alg- algorithms won't pick up certain things that we say. Uh, we're, we're trying to find new um, media platforms that we can get out on because, you know, you start building up and you get thousands and thousands of viewers and subscribers. And then next thing you know, you're shut down. And that happens to all of us that are preaching the truth. And it happens all the time.
2: Yeah, I've Gab. I, I, every opportunity. It is the mo- it, it is the, the most secure free speech platform available. That he's the, the owner there. Uh, Andrew Torba uh, is uh, he's a very devout Christian. He has his own server, so he can't be taken down because of that. They've tried to debank him. Uh, but he's found ways around that. He's creating his own. Uh, online pay system so get around those kind of restrictions so that's there's so there's that is the single best most secure place for free speech there is right now uh, online telegram not quite as good but that's uh, that's there's a lot less censorship there than there is on uh on the other big damn tech platforms every week and because i think it's so important we talk about School choice, and there is a pending school choice initiative called the Educational Freedom Act. I know you are a supporter, Tim. And under under the Educational Freedom Act, every child in California is offered an educational savings account starting at $14,000. It'll go up each year as education spending goes up by the government. Parents can choose any accredited school. Homeschoolers are included. If you're associated with an accredited school, the homeschooling family can use it for certain expenses such as tutoring, curriculum materials, books, and things like that. And for everyone participating, if you don't use all the money, you may save it for college or other future educational expenses. And this is revolutionary. We know for decades the quality of the government-run schools has been declining, uh, the test results show that. Just a conversation. You always watch these conversations where they go out on the beach and talk to college students. And they have not a clue to when the Civil War was fought. Or who was James Madison? And but beyond that, for all the issues we've been discussing in this show, this is what's going on in the government-run schools. They They're teaching 180 degrees opposite of what you're going to find in the Bible. They're they're undermining the country. They're preaching this critical race theory to divide people along racial lines. It's really become a national survival issue, and we need everybody to step up. And you can go to californiaschoolchoice.org and volunteer. We will soon have the petition there available. So you can download, print it at home, sign it, hopefully gather a few more signatures, and mail it back in. But if we're going to save our country and we're going to save our, save, our, save our children, uh, we need to uh, get this school choice adopted. Vladimir Lenin, thought leader of the Democrat Party, said that give us the child for eight years and it will be a Bolshevik forever. I think, he's gonna, I think Brandon wants to nominate him for secretary of education. Um, so we need, pe- we need people to step up. And I think the church has been somewhat disappointing. I mean, I know you're a strong supporter, Tim, but you would think that the church would go, hmm, I want children to get a Christian education. They can, with this initiative, we can do that. We can open a school here in the church. And we can have high academic standards, high moral standards, and we can teach children the word of God. And we're going to get every one of those child's, every one of those children is going to have a fourteen thousand dollar per year educational savings account. Where do I sign? What's right. but right. but for but for most pastors, like you know, oh, it's political. We're just not going to get involved. And that that's that's really been disappointing.
1: Yeah, it's very disappointing. And I you know I've been saying this uh, a lot lately the issue of parental rights is going to be the issue. Uh, I'll say it's going to be the issue. You know, a lot of people say there's a lot of issues, but, um, I think parental rights is going to be the issue of the 2022 elections. You look at what's happened over the last two years. Parents have been home. They've been seeing what's happening in the public school. They see what their kids are being taught and their eyes are open to this. Now, if if the elections in Virginia taught us anything, it taught us that uh, the radical left has overplayed their hand when it comes to trying to usurp the authority of the parents. Parents aren't going to put up with it anymore. doesn't matter if they're they're Democrat, Republican, anywhere in between, um, Parents want to be the parents, and it's the radical left that wants to steal that from us. So there is, there's even moderate Democrats that are going to vote against this kind of stuff. So, so we got to really push down hard on the parental rights issue, the school choice issue. This is going to be massive this, this election season.
2: Well, I think it I think it, I think it will be, and we'll see what they have up their sleeves, if anything, to try to uh, uh, affect the vote, either for uh, either for vote fraud or another disease pandemic or war with Russia or, or what have you. But otherwise, as things look now, it looks like the these radical Democrats are going to suffer uh, a serious loss in this election. But that wouldn't. That's not going to solve our problem. When, in 2017, we had President Donald Trump, which probably did more to advance, even though he's obviously, a, in his personal life, is not the uh, personification of what you would want in a, uh, in a Christian pasture, but he probably did more to advance the cause of, uh, of Christianity in the, in the country than any president in my memory. And in Republican Congress, Republican Senate, Republican House, but that didn't that didn't stop the march, the cultural march of the left to undermine all of our institutions. And we're coming up on the end of our show, and I'm going to quote you two. I think you know you know really famous religious scholars, and you can then respond to what to what they said. The first is Congressman Louis Gohmert, who said that it's in God's hands does not mean we can lean on our shovels. And let the hole dig itself. And the other great religious scholar is Ann Coulter. I don't, I don't really like her because she turned against Donald Trump, and we get, helped us get by, get Brandon. But she said that it is time for Christians to realize the big thing is taken care of. Could you be courageous and fight for the most consequential nation on earth? And we got one minute and twenty five seconds, and you can close us out.
1: Well, I love what uh, Congressman Gohmert said, because this is one of the things that's been pushed in the, the churches is uh, it's not about works. You know, you don't, you don't get to heaven by works. And that's absolutely true. There's nothing we can do to earn our way into heaven. It's all about what Jesus Christ has done for us, the completed work on the cross, sending his spirit to live within us. Uh, but he didn't send his spirit to live within us so we could sit on the couch. And a lot of people think that's it. I'm saved. I'm good. I'm, I'm going to heaven. Nothing else to do. And I shouldn't have to do it anyways because it's not by works. Well, guess what? Um, if you're going to prove that you have faith, you prove it by your works. You prove it by, by what you do. If, if your life has been radically transformed by the finished work of Christ on the cross, you are, are going to be a person indwelled by the spirit of God. You're, you're going to be a person who can't sit on the couch. You, you have to be involved. You have to be active. And you, another thing is life is not just about you at that point. Life now becomes about other people. And we have to, we have to know that, that this country and all the beautiful freedoms we've had over the course of our lives, if we don't stand up for them now, if the church doesn't recapture its prophetic zeal, it's going to continue to become nothing more than an irrelevant social club. And we're going to see our freedoms systematically stripped away from us. So it's time that we get involved, we engage, we become active, and we do not let the radical left push us around.
2: That's all the time we have this week. Thank you, Pastor Tim, for being on the show and everything you're doing for the cause of both, uh, both, for everything you do in service of being both the salt and the light. Tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, IE Radio.
5: Mention AM 590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll.
4: 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman from Planet Home Landing and host of the main event. Heard weekends right here on AM 590, The Answer. If you'd like to own a home and you need financing, or you'd like to refinance a home you already own, whether that's in California or one of these Escape from California states, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Arkansas, tennessee georgia florida ohio oregon washington idaho or montana i'm the guy you want to talk to or if you'd like to inquire into the one of the most liberating financing tools for seniors a reverse mortgage you want to talk to someone who will guide you towards decisions based on your best interest not theirs call me toll free at 855-640-2020 that's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the planet home lending logo My team and I will lead you to the best decision for you based on your short-term and your long-term goals. Again, for more information, call me at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo.
0: AM 590, the answer